0: Good morning. As Charlie said, this is our second week looking specifically at some of the words that Jesus spoke during his ministry. And if you were here last week, you'll have heard Charlie reading the Sermon on the Mount for us. This week, we're stepping back uh, a few verses to the the middle of Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is fresh from his baptism, his temptation in the wilderness. He's about to begin his public ministry and he decides to base himself in Capernaum. I've got a map here. There is Jerusalem and Emmaus and Bethlehem and Bethany, some of those places you'll be familiar with. And there, right up there in the northeast of, of the Holy Land is Capernaum, right on the border with Syrophoenicia. Jesus is about as far as you can be from the center of power, the center of religion. He's, he's on the margins on the fringes of society. Uh, It's interesting, so much of the Gospels takes place with people on the margins, either geographically or socially or culturally. God is especially concerned with people on the margins, people on the edge, people who are excluded from wider society. And to launch his ministry, Jesus spoke these words, so Matthew says, from, the time Je- from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven is come near, as some translations put it. And in many ways, that phrase uh, captures Jesus' whole teaching. It's his strap line, if you like. Uh, most of his teaching is, is really just an expansion, just a filling out of that statement, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The good news of Jesus is the good news that God's king has arrived and he is going to restore God's creation and he is going to build God's kingdom of justice and peace and holiness where love reigns and where each person is valued and has a place and a contribution to make. And what Jesus wants to know is, are you with me? Are you with me? And the word that Jesus actually uses is, 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 is the word repent, that's how it's translated. Maybe that word conjures up this kind of image in your mind. The guy on the street with the billboard, the end of the world is nigh, repent of your sins. But, but the Greek word is, is that word metanoia. It's a word that actually comes from, it's an amalgamation of two Greek words. The word noya, which is the word to know, and meta, which is the proposition which means either after or beyond. So so literally, to know after or to know beyond, to know after, it's that that kind of, it's that kind of light bulb moment of suddenly knowing, suddenly seeing. Aha, now I get it, now I understand. That's that's the sense of the world, the word. One of my cherished memories uh, from when I was younger was, was when we were on holiday as a family in Buxton, in Derbyshire. We went for a long country walk and we were, we were meant to be following a river. Uh, and we got to one point where the river split and it wasn't clear which route we were meant to take. But one seemed one, one side seemed the obvious, so we, we took that route, which was, which was fine. It was, a, it was a lovely walk until a couple of hours later when the river basically stopped, and we were in the middle of nowhere. We realized that we'd taken the wrong route, that we, were, that we were lost in the middle of nowhere. Repentance has that sense of realizing that you've taken the wrong route and that you need to change your direction of travel because the path you're on leads you away from God and therefore away from life. To repent is to say, yes, Jesus, yes, I am with you. And Matthew structures his gospel so that the next incident he records finds Jesus calling his first disciples. And what does he say? Follow me. Are you with me? God's kingdom is breaking into the world into your experience, and you're invited to be part of that. So will you follow me? Are you with me? And in the rest of the chapter, Matthew begins to to outline what it looks like when God's kingdom, if you like, collides with the world. So in verse 24, news about him, about Jesus, spread over all Syria, and people bought him, all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralysed, and he healed them. We're at the margins again, amongst the people of margins. And when God's kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven, things change, lives are transformed. The blind see, the oppressed are set free. Those on the margins are included one of the things we often miss about Jesus' healings is that, is that they were acts of radical inclusion. The kind of sicknesses that are mentioned here and, and elsewhere gradually meant that its victims were pushed to the edge of society. They were unclean. They were unwelcome. They were kept at arm's length. They were pushed to the margins. And Jesus' healing offered a way back in. It witnessed to the inclusive nature of God's kingdom where all are valued, all are cherished, all have a place. Many years ago, the church of which I was a part used to sing a song. Uh, First verse went like this. Look around you, can you see? Times are troubled, people grieve. See the violence, feel the hardness. All my people weep with me. It's a song that I've carried with me through these past few months of lockdown, but it's, it's felt especially poignant since the murder of George Floyd. How do I respond to the Black Lives Matter movement? How do I respond to the inequalities in our land? To the racism that is embedded within our culture? and our nation? How do I respond to my black brothers and sisters? And how do I respond to our Lord who says, are you with me? Are you with me? As I've pondered, it's become clear to me that I need to repent of my racism and that we as Christian people need to repent of ours to turn around, to to follow Jesus and to walk the road that brings life to our black brothers and sisters, that includes them from the margins. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to think that I'm not racist. After all, I'm a liberal do-gooder. Why would I be racist? But, But over the past couple of weeks, I've come to believe that I'm kidding myself. I hope I'm not prejudiced, but I, I suspect that if I delve deeply enough into my heart, I have plenty of unacknowledged prejudice. But no, my racism lies in my deliberate ignorance. My unwillingness to properly engage with this subject. It lies in the ways that I've continued to turn a blind eye to the discrimination that black people continually face, often subtly, sometimes overtly, at school, in the workplace, in the judicial system, even in the church, sadly. So, for instance, research has shown that teachers tend to underestimate the performance of black students, vis-à-vis white students, in formal exams, They predict lower grades, and of course, that has particular relevance at this time when predicted grades are gonna be used to assess performance. In most cases, I'm sure that's not deliberate, but it's still there, still there. Did you know that job hunters with, from an African background, frequently anglicize their names on their CV? because it dramatically improves their chances of getting an interview. And I've turned my blind eye to these things because they don't affect me. I heard someone describe white privilege as not having to have a conversation with your children about how to respond when they're stopped by the police. I would never think of having that discussion with my kids. For many black parents, that's part of training their children. I will never have to struggle because of my skin color or my ethnic background. And I don't feel guilty about that privilege. But I do recognize that it brings with it great responsibility. Sadly, too often I've been like the two religious guys in the in the story of the Good Samaritan and if nothing else, that's a story, at least in part about race. The good Samaritan, another race. But you know the two guys there, they're the ones who see the beaten man lying in the road and they cross over and walk on past. That's me. Maybe that's you. And you and I need to repent because on this subject we are not with Jesus. Jesus. And the thing about repentance in the gospel is that it always takes a concrete concrete form. It's contextualized. It means something. It's not just about feeling regret. It's not even just about saying sorry, although that's, that's part of it. It's about changing direction. About getting up and following Jesus. And of course, there's a lot that we can do. Many of you listening, watching, I know, are in positions of responsibility. You have responsible jobs in your company. So does your company offer racial awareness training? And if not, why not? Is there something you can do about that? How many faces of color are there in your office? How many of those are in senior management positions? And why is that? Are people who apply for jobs in your company not being considered because of their name? Seriously, how can that still be happening? How can you, how can I use our influence to make a difference? But before we do that, there is something more basic that our black brothers and sisters are asking us to do. And that is simply to shut up and listen a novel I read a couple of weeks ago, had this wonderful line, listen with your ears and not with your mouth. Gag yourselves. And that's the cry I keep hearing. Listen to us. Don't attempt to close down the conversation by saying all lives matter. Christian youth worker uh, this week described that response as, as being like a slap in the face. Another attempt to marginalize my existence. listen, let us show our black brothers and sisters that all lives matter by listening to their story, to their testimony, to their pain, to their anger, to the way they feel marginalized, to the way that they feel that they can't breathe. Of course, it's easy to criticize all sorts of things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. But I'm reminded of Martin Martin Luther King's words riot is the language of the unheard. I'll say that again, riot is the language of the unheard. And as one of those who has not been listening, who's therefore part of the problem, I have no right to criticise those who take matters into their own hands. What is God saying to us at this time? Well, Well, maybe something like this. If you're not listening to your black brothers and sisters, you are not listening to me, you are not with me. In this place, in this time, the way that you demonstrate that you are with me is the way that you are with your black brothers and your black sisters. We need to listen. And I'll put some resources up on the church website, on the church Facebook page over the, over the next few days that, that maybe give you somewhere to start. But perhaps the best place to start is, is with this book, We Need to Talk About Race by Ben Lindsay. Ben is a black pastor in a white majority church in London. If you go on to the SPCK website, the e-book's there for 99p, so it's a bargain as well. I've been reading it for the past couple of weeks, and it's both eye-opening and incredibly uncomfortable to read. But we need to do that. And as I've read, I've seen the violence, and I've felt the hardness, the weariness, the anger. It's time to weep with and for all those for whom Ben speaks, to remember that as they suffer, Christ suffers with them. And as we weep and as we listen, we we are with Christ, who weeps and listens. And so Jesus says to me, he says to us, are you with me? And then listen. Understand the black community. Honour their dignity. Lift them up, value them, cherish them. Help them flourish. And work for a society in which the starting line and the path will be more level for everyone. Amen. I'm going to pray and... After I've prayed, Charlie's, Charlie's going to sing. But, but I just want to pray using the complete words of that song that I've quoted earlier. So let, let's pray. Jesus says to us, look around you, can you see? Times are troubled, people grieve, see the violence. Feel the hardness, all my people weep with me. Walk among them, I'll go with you. Reach out to them with my hands. Suffer with me, and together we will serve them. Help them stand. And we respond, forgive us, Father. Hear our prayer. We would walk with you everywhere. Through your suffering, with forgiveness. Take your life into the world. Dens Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. In Jesus' name, amen.